Welcome to Cat. Welcome to Cat Chat. Welcome to the Rush Podcast Network. You are listening to Cat Chat Live. Cat Chat Live. Cat Chat Live. From the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia on Podcast Row. Here is your host, Josh Tyler. All right. Welcome, everybody. We are Saturday podcast row uh, in Philadelphia. Today we are uh, presented by Productive Recruit. They've been kind enough to help us do um, fun things. So we're joined by our neighboring, our neighbors all weekend, uh, the Girls Soccer Network, Jen and uh, Samantha. You go by Sam Marley. Anything. Anything, anything. (laughs) So uh, joined by them on the Girls Soccer Network and uh, there's some, I'll let them kind of tell their story and where they're at and, and, and kind of go from there. So I'm not sure who wants to, who wants to start. I'll start. Uh, I'm and our mission is to help grow the women's game. And we do that from the youth to the national team level. Um, we have a website, we have social channels, and um, a podcast here at the United Soccer Coaches Convention called Give and Go. Um, and I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for taking the time. And that's, um, I think you may, are you picking up her sound a little bit? Yeah. Okay, good, good. Sam, your turn. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. It's been great sitting next to you all weekend, <laughs> a lovely convention. And yeah, I, you know, Josh and I actually connected because I'm from the St. Louis area and it's incredible. I am currently a Division One soccer player at the University of Iowa and I got brought in with Jen just because I followed Girls Soccer Network on Instagram and I love the mission of growing the girls game. And with my platform as a current collegiate athlete, I wanted to help in any way possible. And so it's crazy that that was almost a year ago and our relationship has grown since then and growing everything that Girls Soccer Network does. And it's been a great journey. So what's the, I mean, what's the mission um, you know, what is the, the main mission of Girls Soccer Network? The main mission is to grow the game, and the main mission is to connect people who are playing the game, girls and women, and to create that kind of the community that you feel when you're, you go to a game, when you're with your team, to create that in a digital sense, which is there's nothing like real life. Right. right, we know that the three-dimensional world is a beautiful thing, but we live often in a two-dimensional world, which is on social media and media in general. So, how do we take that beautiful aspect of the game? Soccer is all about looking up and trying to connect that past. Yeah, that's the beautiful part of the game. So, in a very kind of spiritual way, that is what this is. It's handing off. You know, passing, passing that hand, connecting that community together. So that was the mission. Um, I, when my daughter played club soccer, I managed her team with my business partner Michael Raimondi, um, and he and we saw the power of the game yeah. for girls, like the amount of work that it took to to the amount of work, the amount of passion and how they were developing as human beings through soccer and that just taking that um and trying to create that 
through media because that's what my background is, is writing and film and TV. And Michael Raimondi's is, you know, it's a big post-production company in Los Angeles called Union Editorial. So that's our expertise. How do we take our expertise and do something for the game and create something where girls can thrive and see themselves in an aspirational sense? So the thing about GSN is that you'll see a post about an eight-year-old girl learning how to juggle right next to a post of Alan, Alex Morgan nailing yeah. a goal. So the vision is there right for them to have something to grow up and grow into. Fascinating. And so you talked specifically the, the media aspect of it. Are you content creation? Are you helping them navigate the social media world? What, when you talk about, or is it all of the above and yes, that all that? It's, it's been mostly content creation um, through video, through graphics, editorial. We have a great website that has a lot of information. We report on the NWSL. We have done a lot of college coverage, and that's really grown. Our college community, the, our main demographic is actually 18 to 24 years old, which is, yeah. you know, so the college community, to me, has not gotten enough love, you know, from media. So this has been Probably, an Especially the women's side. Especially yeah. the women's Correct. side. So this was an opportunity. When they started reaching out to me three, four years ago, and I was like, Oh, yeah, you know what? And then I really started to follow teams and players. And then that's just really been how we've evolved. So it's been mostly content creation. However, now people are coming to us, and that's we did a presentation here um, on on social media and how to help grow your own brand and team and, you know, through that. So... Um, as you know, companies evolve and we have certainly evolved, you know, we've, I didn't understand how we were going to monetize ourselves when I started this. I just wanted to put something together, but we have done that through creating content for brands so that want to reach our community. Interesting. Um, Okay. It has been an interesting journey for sure. Um, so just to sort of throw Sam a, you know lead here um you know when she reached out to me you know i i thought this is a perfect person because she's in that perfect sweet spot of you know where my community seems to be growing the most and um and it was fantastic to connect connect with her i'll let her tell you that (laughs) yeah you know when i think about girls soccer network i always joke that jen and i are the most random but dynamic duo there is Jen has this immense and extraordinary media background and everything she's done to grow that side. And I kind of joke that I come in with the real life soccer player aspect. Yeah. I've grown up through the game. I've played the game all the way since I was three years old now through 22 in college and I'm wanting to play beyond. So, you know, it's kind of, we joke all the time that we're the dynamic duo and my role with girls soccer network has just been evolving my mission to give back. You know, the game of soccer has given me so much, so many incredible experiences and truly shaped me to the person that I am. And, you know, Jen is incredible content creation, but I like to think I've tacked on a little bit more to Girls Soccer Network. So through this, we've done, I've written an ebook that we published on Girls Soccer Network that was all about the do's and don'ts of college soccer. 
and we you know interviewed many different soccer players from division one division two levels and yeah created various chapters about different parts of what you're going to experience and came from different voices about different journeys and ever since then we've also started a mentorship program so we have a mentorship program called soccer ec united where we have we did a pilot program and we had nine players from across the college community so florida state stanford ucla iowa illinois and a bunch of other schools where girls signed up to basically get one-on-one mentoring from the college soccer players so you know i never had an older sister and I'd like to create this program to be that older sister and give that path and the new 12 year old, the information I wish I had when I was 12. Yeah. And so we've done incredible things like that. So basically, you know, I'm able to give back in my community in St. Louis or in Iowa and through girls soccer network, it's become a national and international adventure. That's awesome though. I like the mentorship because there is such a lack. I mean, I think for anyone, um, but yeah, there's such a lack of, of, of good, players or people for, for uh, kids to look up to. Yeah, you know? well, it was, it, I always really respect, respected the Girl Scouts. So, and what they do and how they really impart the, these life skills and wisdom to girls through entrepreneurship or leadership. Yeah. And, and so Sam, you know, emailed, DM'd me, because we met through social media, DM'd me in March of last year and said, my name is Sam Carey, I play for the University of Iowa. And we ended up having a conversation later that week. And um, when I found out that she was a Girl Scout for 13 years, and I had always wanted to start a mentorship program and had been taking notes about how to do it. But I couldn't, you know, it's busy running Girl Soccer Network. I could not figure out really how to get that off the ground, meeting Sam, you know, was a huge part of being able to get that off of the ground. And, you know, her knowledge through the Girl Scouts and my dream of having this happen, you know, came to life really with this partnership. Hmm. Now, did you reach out for a job or reach out for help or what was... You know, I just reached out because I respected what they did so much. Yeah. And it was actually after the light of Katie Meyer and everything that had helped mm-hmm. him. And it was eye-opening to me that so much of what we have is taken for granted. And you simply never know when yeah. anything can happen. And so while I have the platform that I have and while I have the resources that I have, I want to do whatever I can to get back to the game I love. And I saw Girls Soccer Network as an outlet to do it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I want to kind of talk about your guys' backgrounds and then get back to Girl Soccer Network. So your TV media, talk about that. Um, sure. I'm fascinated by oh, the sure. content creation. Um, yeah. I got an in-home studio. We painted my back wall green. I love it. So I don't have to keep – I used to have the curtain during COVID that was – so I'd slide my green screen and I'd have to clamp it on the wall. I'd clamp it. to be, yeah. And then when I got old, so I'm like, I'm just going to paint my wall green. Um, yeah. So I, lo- I love creating content um, and – so anyway, but yeah, yeah I did TV. Yeah. So I grew up in the movie business. My father's a movie producer. He's produced a lot of big movies. So I grew wow. up around that. That is how I grew up, like around incredibly, you know, creative people. And um, I started writing when I was a kid, poetry, stories. Um, I wrote my first script when I was 16. I had many scripts optioned. I actually had one movie made that was distributed all over Europe. Really? Yeah. And, um, and so, and then I ended, I worked in many different areas of the film business and TV business, but 
writing a lot of, of advertising things. I did campaigns for Disney. I did, you know, various interstitials on the Disney Channel, those shows between the shows, yeah. got, you know, and stuff. So I, I knew, you know, I'm, I'm good at that. I just, and my, then I, how do I, how did I combine, I combined this love of yeah. soccer, which I've had since I was a kid. And then that just grew seeing how my daughter loved it so much. And, um, and I thought, let me try to combine these two things that I love. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had no idea if it was going to work. I just, it was just a, a, you know, a shot, put up a website and, um, and then obviously the social channels and, and, and it grew. And yeah. so it, it, it's a, it's a lot of work, but <laughs> I, it's something that I truly love to do. And so I, I bring that creative aspect, um, to everything I think girls soccer network does. I, I think that soccer is a create a game about creativity. So the For metaphor, sure. right? That that there's so many metaphors that one gets from soccer and and art, you know. So I just said, how do we fuse these things and try to connect? Again, yeah. that word connect is it's the same for entertainment. You're trying to bring bring people in, you know. So that's the background. Now is this. You're full time now on this. Now I'm full time. Okay, for a while it was kind of a a, a side gig, and and, while, and then it takes over your life. Gig, I was yeah. Still, you know, but now I mean, in order to really make this work, it has to be full time. Yeah. So it's an investment. I mean, we're still not. I'm still not nearly where we need to be, but um, every year gets better and better. So even with COVID. Um, you know, that was a year where we lost our three sponsors. We had three early adopters, World Strides being one of them, which is a big travel program. Okay. Um, but I was like, oh boy, this is just going to kill us, you know. But what happened during COVID, and I just, everybody's riding everything mm -hmm. during that. So yeah. What happened during COVID, though, was interesting because our community just grew. Mm -hmm. People were so desperate for content. And I just was like, what, what else could I do? Everybody was sitting around like me. All I did was just churn out content and people, they loved it. We had such a massive growth spurt on our social during that time. So while we monetarily took a hit, I was like, you know what? This is a sign to keep going, you yeah. know? So every year gets better in some way. And, um, you know, truly, we are looking to be funded to scale the business because that's the next step. And um, but it, until that point, you know, we'll we'll just keep going and hopefully getting these great sponsors that that make it possible to keep going like that. Well, I have appreciated your sponsor. They have fed me all week. Uh, I would, I would, you you please do. What was it called? Scratch Labs. Scratch Labs. Scratch Labs. Okay, they are fantastic. How do we find those? Or what's the, what's Scratch Labs, they're a hydration and nutrition product based out of Boulder, Colorado. Uh, they sponsor the U.S. cycling team. They're now looking to work their way into other sports, so okay. being one of them. And so we're creating content for them, and we've really helped them now. Good. 
Yeah. It's helped me. It's helped me. I've used, I use hydration. <laughs> I've used the snacks. So it is it is my morning ritual here. So I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate that. So you obviously grew up in St. Louis. So what's your what's your what's your I guess specifically though I talk about your club and then I'll talk about your recruitment journey. Um, so you grew up in a game and in, in yeah go ahead. Absolutely yeah I mean. I'm sure, as Josh can attest to, St. Louis is a soccer city. So it's incredible growing up in the area and the connections you make, whether it's for, you know, the same club that you're with or playing against the same girls all growing up. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. So I always joke that I was actually the girl that used to hate soccer the most. I dreaded being on the field. It was, I hated wearing shin guards. I hated being sweaty. But, you know, none of my parents were athletes. And I just had this kind of chaotic energy and they found that as a way to diffuse it. And slowly throughout playing the game, you know, I would say I was never the kid that people thought I would play in college. For those of y'all that are familiar with St. Louis, I grew up playing for Norco. So not exactly a club that anyone would think. <laughs> That's fair. Too, it's too fair. It's, it's fair. phenomenal. I had phenomenal people in support there, but it's a very, very small club. And I just, the more and more I played, I sort of realized not that I love soccer, but I love seeing my personal growth. I loved being the kid that everyone doubted and then slowly becoming the kid that people were able to see that she could make it somewhere. You know, I joke all the time that I'm probably the most unathletic athlete and I had to train my body over time to actually get good at soccer and what I was doing. And, you know, I actually ran track for a long period of time and I was debating about quitting soccer and I was like, I don't know if this is my path. Like, I'm pretty good at running track. Like, it's not that hard athletically. It's just sprinting in a line. You know, I can at least co- – I'm coordinated enough to do it. No offense to any track people. All I do is just run in a line. It, I, mean, I mean, it's a very difficult to run in a line, but you're running in a line. Jump over a couple things. Someone, someone... <laughs> See, no, no, no. I'm not coordinated that. I ran in a line. I'm saying that strictly. I ran the mile in a circle. <laughs> and, um... and one time you just kept going. Like, step, kept step back, Sam. <laughs> and, you know – yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was exactly what was playing in my mind too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And um, one day, apparently, the right person saw me playing, and it was Ralph Richards over at St. Louis Scott Gallagher, mm-hmm. and they invited me to be a part of their UCNL program. And you know, I didn't necessarily know that that was my future, but I decided just to take that risk. And so, when I was U thirteen, I switched over U13. to okay. yeah, I switched over to Gallagher, and. I'll honestly say, like, coming from Norco, like, I was probably one of the worst kids on the team. You know, I'm athletic and I could run, and that's why they noticed me was because they actually had seen me at a track meet. And I really, when it came to touching a ball, compared to the other girls that I'd grown up in that system, it Mm -hmm. wasn't what I was used to. But once again, that's just kind of where I learned the values of spending hours at the field after training, working hard to do it. And I was, you know, when I first got there, I wasn't a starter. I wasn't someone that played a ton. And no one really thought I'd make it to the college game. And then, you know, my sophomore year of high school, I committed to a Big Ten university. Yeah, I remember you committed because I was at University of Missouri, St. Louis. And I watched, we were, I remember kind of watched, watched you play. So we recruited or tried to. But uh, <laughs> So, okay, so the recruitment process ended pretty early for you. So, so, yeah, I was in the process before all the rules changed a little bit. And I will be the first person to say that I'm very glad the rules have kind of slowed down the process when they did. Yeah. I went on my first college visit when I was a freshman in high school. And I say all the time, like, I committed to Iowa before I could drive a car. And That's insane. You just always say, yeah, girls are trying, they're trying to figure out what they're going to wear for homecoming. Honestly, let, let, make, make a big decision like that. It's insane. And I do fully think that's why we saw the transfer portal liven up so much. Oh, yeah. And it's because, you know, girls are being forced to make these decisions when they're 14, 15 years old. And it's insane. So, yeah. you know, the recruiting yeah. process for me was interesting. And 
a lot of it kind of came to my own my own testament to myself and my own belief in my own support system. I had parents that play or that with school in the Big Ten Conference. They went to the University of Illinois and then on to University of Michigan. So always wanted to stay in the yeah. Midwest. You know, I visited a couple schools out in California. I was getting looked at by University of San Diego, by Pepperdine University, but there's no way like that's not where my heart is. That's not where my root is. And, you know, I joke all the time that I have the ultimate soccer mom and there's no way she could be handled. We could play and fly it away. Yeah. And I knew I wanted to stay in the Midwest. And, you know, there wasn't always a belief like, oh, she could go play in the Big Ten Conference. But I started filtering it as, as many ID camps as I possibly could. I know there were summers where I was going to like six or seven wow. different ID camps just trying to get my face in front of coaches. I, you know, like I said, the process was earlier then. So I started sending my first college emails when I was in eighth grade. I was aggressive with the process. And so I definitely would say wow. that's one of the reasons why I committed earlier than some girls yeah. was because I jumped on it early and I knew it was what I wanted to do and I was going to do anything possible to make it happen. So throughout my process, you know, when I was whittling it down to my top five, I was beyond blessed to have many options. Yeah. And it was between, you know, Wisconsin, Purdue, Iowa, Illinois, Vanderbilt, and Mizzou, I would say. Not not bad for someone who didn't think they're a good soccer player. Yeah, 100%. You know, not bad for just running a straight line. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think that was probably one of the first moments I was – my journey was so much of a lot of people telling me I can't do it. So I, you know, out of a certain way kind of said, screw you, watch me do it. Yeah. And that's always what I say to young girls that are kind of in a similar boat is you are in charge of your own destiny and you yeah. are in charge of your own fate. And I'm beyond blessed that I had parents that supported me in doing all of this because, you know, it's a financial burden. It's yeah. a time burden. And I fully say my parents didn't have a life for 18 years watching me grow up. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's but I was beyond blessed to have the options that I did. And I went to Iowa City and I was, of course, like, why would I ever end up in Iowa? Like, what is in Iowa? <laughs> I remember on the drive there, my mom and I were like jokingly counting the silos we passed <laughs> in the barn driving up 61 North. And once I got there, I met David Diani for the first time. I met the coaching staff, and I immediately looked at my mom and said, this is where I'm going to play college soccer. And three days later, I committed. I'm glad you say that because, you know, and you, you, I think you're very lucky. Once said you're lucky. I know the recruitment process started early, but you're, you're lucky that you don't have to dwell on it for so long. Because mm-hmm. I see girls especially, I think they dwell on things. Guys, we wait. Like, yeah. You know, there's, and I'm seeing more on the men's side. Coach, college men's coaches aren't getting out of the college very often because men are so delayed. We just don't care. We we look up like you know I graduate next week. I should play. <laughs> you know, but girls didn't have this. They they plan more, and, and and so you see a lot of girls panic. Absolutely. Uh, you know what I do, and, and but I always, I have, I've said that when you, it's like as if you you know you meet your your, your boyfriend or whatever, and you just like you just know Absolutely. you get on campus, you, you you set it perfectly. You just this it's that feeling, and you just know, and they're like, well, how do I know I know? I'm, you just you're just gonna feel it exactly and it's, exactly it's nothing that you can explain it's right. nothing that you can really even put onto words and you know when I'm beyond blessed in the sense of I honestly probably couldn't make a bad decision in my college you know I had options at amazing institutions with great people but I met Dave and I walked into Iowa City and it was immediately like this overwhelming like, this is my home away from home this is where I'm going to be comfortable for four years and you know, it's to a point where I actually graduated high school a semester early, and I left St. Louis in January of 2019 to train that first spring at Iowa and enroll early, and I just committed to taking my fifth year. Like, it's a place where I was 15, I was confident enough that I'm now going to spend five full years in Iowa City. That's awesome. That's that. That's a really cool story. Um, 
So I want to talk, I guess, social media specifically. Yeah. You know, that's I think that's a hot topic right now, and I think it is a underserved. So many people, it's the, the negatives. I mean, there are negative social media, but I think so. lots of lots of lots of negative, and I think especially for girls. Um, and we're super super conscious of that. Um, you know, we spend sometimes a lot of time on just blocking people who want to tear girls down. And you know, there's there's some you know trolls. We talk about the soccer troll. Um, and so keeping the community safe is the number one priority. Um, this is, a, you know, Girls Soccer Network is a place where we want girls to be vulnerable and show us their skills. And maybe they're not having a great, you know. A little closer to the microphone. I think we lose some audio oh, as well. Okay. So it's um, a little bit for you. There you go. Yep. So we're very aware of the, the perils of social media and they are real. And so... You know, it's, it's hard for me. I have two daughters, and I know how protective I was. I didn't want them on social media mm -hmm. a lot, so I understand that. However, it is sort of where we are in this world, yeah. and, and we, you know, we have to utilize it. And so we've embraced it. And um, just in terms of the college process, I, we have a show called A Day in the League with the ECNL on Girls Soccer Network every single Saturday. In fact, it happened this morning. A girl from the ECNL takes over our Instagram, oh. and they take us through their day, their game day. And it has been an, a huge success in terms of, you know, views. And, right. Um, and I remember uh, about three years ago, early on, no, two years ago, right after we had started this, some girl had DM'd and said, you know, I'm so excited I got to do this. I'm putting it on my college resume that I was selected, and I just thought that made, that was so meaningful to me yeah. because it's something that's useful. When things are useful like that, and that really just made me think, God, you know, this is a whole other level that mm -hmm. I didn't imagine when I was starting this. It wasn't about yeah. getting girls recruited, but what a great platform that we are able to do that, yeah. you know? So... And I think the, the, there are so many positives, social media, like, and, uh, you know, and there's been a shift. You know, I think right now Twitter is the number one online recruitment platform. Um, and, and, you know, we tell people, listen, you know, get on Twitter and Instagram. You know, so if a coach follows you on Snapchat, run the other way. But other than that, I mean, do you guys talk much about the positives of how do you, do you teach girls how to use social media in the recruitment process and, and, and use the positives of it? Absolutely. I mean, we've been beyond blessed to have the platform that we've had and the opportunities. So as Jen mentioned earlier, we actually gave a pre presentation on day one of this convention talking about how to use your social media as a player or a coach or, you know, how to grow your brand and what that means. On top of that, you know, that's one of our major focuses in our Soccer C United platform is, you know, as I said earlier, I didn't have that older sister being like, dude, are you really going to post that? Like, what is, or even like some of my old like Instagram user handles, I'm pretty sure at one time my Instagram handle was like, soccer is kind of my thing with an A. And like looking back, I'm like, what was I doing? And so, you know, being able to learn the lessons that I've learned sometimes the hard way and give back to that is remarkable. And so when you think about, you know, my advice is, you know, you hear the typical, like if your grandma wouldn't like it, you know, right. don't post it, but it goes beyond that, you know? There's so many positive ways to use social media. Show off the game you love, mm -hmm. you know, look at what you're doing and let people know. And 
you know, even since I was in the recruiting phase, the game of social media has oh, changed immensely. Correct. And I've heard so many horror stories between girls my age or not of like, you know, coaches, they do look at your social media 100%. And it may not be to be like, oh, like this girl just tweeted this. I'm interested in them now. But it's more so once they know your name, your social media is a window to who you mm -hmm. are. Anything that you're putting online, you know, whether it be a picture, a tweet, even you lighting, liking another person's tweet, retweeting another person's tweet, because we all know those come up on our mm -hmm. feeds too. Be intentional about what that says to you, what message that shows about you. And, you know, there's a lot of times, and I've heard it point blank, you know, coaches, if a girl's either tweeting or liking tweets about how terrible that referee was in that game, you know, is that really respecting the game? Is that right. someone they want in their program? And anything you do is a representation, not only of yourself as a player, but of you as a person. And so is whatever you're doing online, it can be used to broadcast your passions, your joys, right. everything about you, which is remarkable. There's also the hesitancy of ensuring that that aligns with the brand that you wanted to and the message you wanted to send. Right. And, yeah. On the other side of it, there's, it is, it's a, it's an opportunity to be authentic. And we talked about the perils of social media and they are real. Mm -hmm. and parents, obviously, especially if you're super young, they need to be watching or managing that social media. For sure. On the other hand, you know, I, there are many accounts out there which parents run, and they are pretending to be their daughter, and they're posting only the most glamorous moments of their child, and that does not it doesn't represent their their child well. Right. And if you're a coach, you're only you can tell it's not a kid For sure. talking. So I just think that that authenticity um, and balance of safety is, is really important. Yeah. And I think it is like I have two boys, so I don't have a daughter. Uh, and so it's, it's easier for me to say everyone should be on it. But also it is like it is scary. It's a scary world, um, you know, and it's you know, the thing we our very first step in the recruitment process was how do I start? Can I get your own email address, you know, first, last name, you know, graduation year, because uh, we see the same ones. We always joke. Uh, I did see one not in Iowa, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> and the email address was Steve 420 email and he comes in and we checked into is we were doing an id camp and he checks with his dad i'm like hey because i saw the email before yeah. I, i'm like i reckon i'm like hey we gotta change your email address yeah. and the dad goes oh it's my favorite number i, look, I was like yeah. i don't care what your favorite number is like it can't be that number, that number. like are we are we dumb here and then he, and he didn't believe me and he hasn't i'm like how i'm not trying to be rude i'm not being you can't you can't have steve 420 i mean it, it just might as well say hi. I, I smoke weed at exactly. gmail.com. But yeah, it's also Elon Musk too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we start with that, and then the next step is mimicking your email with your social media account. Absolutely. So now right. it's a thing because it is. It's, it's you know, it's seven to eight times for someone to remember anything. Yeah, um, and yeah. you know, and, and you started as you know, you like you started early. Coaches can't respond to you, right? Exactly. But they certainly can see your name and what year you graduate. Same thing with social media. I mean, I, I think it should it should be a, a valuable resource. You know, um, what what are their online? You talk about media stuff when you guys did your course. What other what other um, advice can you can you give them of, of how to utilize social media? You know, I think one of the biggest things, and Jen kind of touched on this, is. You know, especially as a young female, and females typically do it more than males, but that's not to say that this is immune to the guy side at all. You know, we are masters of self-comparison, and we love to see 
and we love to eat it ourselves when you see someone else having that success and you're wishing it was you. And I have been there and I am not naive to that now. I still fall into that trap. And, you know, there's first the belief of owning your own journey and knowing that everyone has a path. But when it comes to social media, I think the number one thing is be real. You know, we always hear, and you've been hearing it more and more, which is fantastic, but social media is the perfect person, version of someone's life. You know, you're going to post that lovely, like, you know, I woke up at 4 a.m. today, and I have my workout in, and all this incredible stuff, which is phenomenal, but we all know that that's not always true. Mm-hmm. And that's not how the world, you know, sometimes you spill your coffee, and you run a red light, or whatever it may be. You know, and I'm not saying that you need to... That was very specific. No, it's a little targeted. You ran a red light, slam, and broke some. Yeah, spilled your coffee. Uh, I know she's getting my heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's so many things that happen in our lives, and there's definitely you know you don't need to tweet every single negative thing. Don't get me wrong. However, being real, you know, did you miss the PK in your game, and what did that mean? Yeah. You know, did you lose the tournament? You know, we had a great run, and I'm beyond thankful for this run. But you know, we fell up short, and we're going to be coming at them next time. You know, there's always ways to not advertise just your wins as a player. You know, hey, like, here's my report card. I got one A's, but, you know, this one class really challenged me this year, but I'm looking forward to the opportunity next year to get it better. You know, I, like I think I think there's always a way, I don't want to say to have a positive spin or an optimistic outlook, but being authentic. You know, we always love to see the people in their perfect lives, and mm-hmm. I think it just becomes a facade at a certain point. And I think people think that their social medias have to be perfect because they see other people. So owning your own journey, owning what happens to you in your real life, and publicizing that. I talk a lot about the difference between negative experiences and negative tones. You negative mean, tones? Negative tones, okay. exactly. Okay. So you can have a negative experience. Did you miss the PK? Did your team lose the tournament? Whatever it may be. And I think those are amazing things to talk about because guess what? The world is positive and negative. In college, I've had plenty of negative experiences. I've been very public about the fact that my team made a Big Ten semifinal and I got a red card in that game. And we had to play a man down to number four in the country. And the only game that I didn't get to start in my college career so far was the Big Ten Championship. And I had to sit on the bench the entire time because of my red card. Was it a deserved red card, at least? Let's leave that up to debate. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that was a major negative experience in my life. And I wasn't out there thinking everything was peachy and keen at the time. I was sobbing on national television. And being open about that, about what that moment meant to me and the emotions and the feelings behind that, it made me more genuine. And on social media, I did it too. You know, what I say about negative tones is that's when you get into the whole, you know, we so should have won this final, but that ref completely missed the PK. You know, when you start becoming Mm -hmm. a negative person versus talking about your negative experience, that's when you're going to turn people off of you and your social media. And do you find like when you get into a community, when you post a struggle, that someone else has probably had that experience and, and and maybe they reach out to you and you're and you're like some random person i mean you know it happened to me in my final as well and you're like okay i had someone else has had this and i'm sure there's always very few that we go through something that someone else hasn't done so absolutely, you find that community and it's it's one of the best parts about the soccer world in general is we're all connected in some yeah. way you know i actually remember i after the tragic katie meyer situation you know i didn't i didn't know her personally well but it very much spoke to me because I vividly remember in 2019 after the College Cup how confident she walked off the field mm-hmm. and how, you know, she was owning her moment yeah. in the best possible way, as any player should. And, you know, looking more into her journey and everything she's done, she's been a very large target of, you know, oh, this woman's egotistical. Oh, she thinks she's all that, you know, and 
it's very much trained in us that women are supposed to be, you know, meek. We're supposed to be, think about other people. We're supposed to not own who we are and be unapologetically yourself and be as confident as that. And I had a post about that on social media where I got real about my experiences with it and, you know, addressing Katie Meyer, addressing, you know, I'm a Iowa person through and through. So women's basketball, Caitlin Clark, I see it constantly coming through her about, you know, she's the best player in women's college basketball, but she, she must think she's so full of herself that Patrick Mahomes is tweeting about her, Yeah, whatever it is. And it's something we're trained as women to not do. And I can say when I posted that, it got shared over 5,000 times on social media Wow! because, and so many people reach out to me like me too. Like this is my journey too. And you know, it made me feel not as alone, but it also brought up a major issue. And it was great to see the conversation that has been sparked since that, and, you know, being real and owning that part of your journey. Like I said, it's just one of the most incredible things that we can do on social media. I like that. And I'm sure I have to, I, well, I say that I'm sure in, in the, television world i'm i'm sure you're a pretty big minority in being a woman in that world well i mean yeah but i have i mean it's getting better right definitely there's been i think that the entertainment business i mean really if you look at it they're the ones who have blown the top off off of the me too movement in my opinion yeah recently they were the leading industry holding people accountable um to that so for sure there's been it's it's you know notable um disparity towards women in the entertainment business and it's still not equal yeah but it's definitely conscious you know in a way that other industries i think aren't because it's been so visible you know the whole harvey weinstein thing um but but i think just getting back towards you know mental health and Mm -hmm. you know that is and their college, you know, recruitment, I think that coaches, you know, they know people are human, you know, so it's not, they, they, they do. And, and so it's not just about posting all every amazing highlight, right? you know, are you looking hot, you know, it's being a human. And mm-hmm. so those, giving those examples of whatever, you know, not having a great day, if you're struggling with something, um, if you're having a hard time getting a skill, whatever that is, that is just part of life. And so that is the, you know, the part of social media we need to see more of. And there are people like Sam posting that, you know, the bet we, we talked about Bethany Balser, um, when she, how forthright she is about her mental health struggles. And when she missed a PK during the, um, the challenge cup, and then you know, really opened up on social media, got so much support. And then the next game was given the opportunity to take a PK and stood up and did it. And I mean, I get chills every time I think about it because I followed that so closely. I was so moved by it. But it just, it grew her social media. That yeah. moment was the moment that she really came into her own um, and found her voice through that, through being vulnerable. And I think that's, it's, it's not, at first, you don't know what your voice is. Right. What is your, you know, and I think you grow into it, you know, just try not to do anything too stupid along the way, you know, that's going to hurt you. That's, and that's just common sense. Yeah. That's not your brand. It's common sense. And so it's been, it's been incredible watching some of these athletes really, um, 
really grow and really speak to our community. Bethany Balser is a big one that that our girls seem to to love. Mm. So. And, and, and I mean, you've mentioned the word brand a couple of times in content creation. Right now, with the new, you know, NIL uh, name, and so are you guys involved with that now of helping create content for that end goal for, to get help them monetize things? Well, the, the, thankfully, like my meeting Sam and Sakharista United sort of hit right at the time mm-hmm. that NIL has passed. So the unique experience that we give the mentors is of course letting empowering them to share their knowledge with these younger players right but also we split the revenue 50 50 with them so a parent will pay 90 dollars for a three-month session in that session they get you know two sessions with the mentors a month and so forth um but they're also they they split that 90 dollars, you know so they're able to make money which is another way of empowering women. So, yes, very, very, but that's how we've worked it in yeah. right now. And, you know, the biggest thing is we talk about branding. We talk about, you know, all of these different things. And, you know, it's been amazing with NIL and seeing my teammates and seeing people I know throughout the college landscape start to dip their toe mm-hmm. into it. And I would say the number one thing that I would always recommend is know, first of all, who you are and what your thing is, you know, is your thing addressing mental health? Is your thing being a part of the underdog story? Is your thing, you know, giving back to the earth and being an extremely, you know, green conscious person and finding whatever you are passionate about and then finding companies or different areas to align in that mission. You know, I, I've, you know, experienced and dip my toe into NIL a bit, you know, you know, with what Jen and I do in Soccer Aces United is going along with my passion of giving back. I have another NIL deal with an app called White Flag, which is all about mental health awareness and giving quick access and someone to talk to in your own position, basically, and someone that may have a similar experience with you that you can communicate with. And it's something that I found extremely helpful. And that's only because actually I'm very public about the fact that I'm on anti-anxiety medication. And it's something that as a college athlete, we don't talk about. And You know, for me, that journey of getting on medication and going to a sports psychologist for the first time was something I viewed that I was weak Mm. and something that I thought that no one else had ever done. I had no idea that half my team was in the same boat as me because it was just something we did not talk about. Yeah. And being open with those conversations and understanding that, you know, going back to my room after soccer practice and stressing out about practice for the last three hours and replaying everything in my head isn't normal. And it's okay. Yeah. And normalizing this idea that using these resources that we're blessed to have as student athletes is what we should be doing. And so connecting with what you're passionate about, using who you are, and then illuminating through that through NIL. I've also seen many people who have gotten reached out to by a brand and they start, you know, doing it because the brand's either paying them or giving them free product, but it's not something that ties into who they are, what right. they do. And so I would always challenge people who want to dip their toe in. It's an amazing adventure, but do it in a site that fits with who you are. That's great advice. And do you guys mentor through that process or have you, is that something area you guys are getting into? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the big things we do at Soccer East United is we ask the girl in the first meeting, what do you want to get out of this? Like in so many cases, you know, mom and dad signed you up. We had a couple girls who got it for Christmas, which is incredible. Oh, cool. You know, the fact that I was someone's Christmas present yeah. definitely made my day. <laughs> but it's what do you, what do you want to get out of this? 
And I've had plenty of girls say that like, hey, you know, when I want to go to college, I don't know how to navigate this world. Like, all right, great. You know, I'm not perfect either, but I will share my journey and I will share my experiences. And I think, you know, going from that girl centric view of what, you know, because we range in everything from nine years old to 16 years old and what you want in life is obviously different. So being able to have very real conversations with girls about whatever that is that they want to learn about Mm -hmm. has just been remarkable about, you know, connecting and, you know, growing that side of it. That's awesome. And I know we've talked a long time. So I want to kind of recap, plug your guys, the Girls Soccer Network. And um, I can't pronounce your sponsor's name. Maybe we'll just grab one and hold it on. But um, <laughs> so, so girlsoccernetwork.com, I'm assuming, um, and help them navigate and content creation like that. Um, now, the blog lives there as well. Was there a separate site? Um, and you guys were doing something else in a different space? Yeah, Girls Soccer Network. Okay. It's, it's, it's all there. Information on Soccer East United. That was what, okay. Um, you can connect to our podcast there. Um, yeah, it's it's all there. I mean, you can connect to our Instagram from there as well. Our Instagram is Girls Soccer Network. On Twitter, we're at Girls Soccer Net. On TikTok, we're also at Girls Soccer Network. And so, you know, anything that we can do, please reach out to us. You know, we'd love to help in any way. And then, yeah, we will give a shout out. So, Scratch Lab. This actually, I do like this one. The, the Rice crispy Cake. I can't say Rice crispy Cake, but crispy rice cake, uh, strawberry in mallow. So strawberry, um, this is very good actually. So, uh, scratch labs. That's one of their sponsors. Uh, maybe they'll send me some stuff. Um, but scratch labs.com. So Boulder, Colorado, um, this has saved me. And, and also thank you to Parkside, um, trading cards as well for sponsoring. Yes. Yes. NWSL yeah. trading cards. Yeah, I saw. Yes. Trading cards. They're How cool. I mean, they're you know, every male sport has trading cards, and yes. NWSL does too. It's really, and they're doing a phenomenal job. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's very, that's very cool. So, well, thank you. Thanks for being neighbors and and, and putting up with our, our mess, and um, you know, and good luck in your fifth year. Good luck as you as your journey to pro. Um, there's so many opportunities for women right now uh, after college, which is good. It's the Best ever, man. In my prediction, I was talking to who was I speaking with? I can't remember. Um, I don't think our women's national team will make the final four next year. It's going to be interesting. I think the window, you know, we've had we had had such a legendary team for so long, and the rest of the world is starting to get up there too. And you know, it'll be really it'll be fun to watch it because I just think it's going to be some elite level soccer, no matter what happens. And I agree. I think it'll be it'll be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, you got a chance to go, you know, play for Arsenal women on Arsenal's pitch, like. That's pretty cool, Um, you know, so, but thank you. I really appreciate everything. It was wonderful chatting with you. So what you guys are doing is amazing. So, um, yeah, we wish everyone the best of luck. Absolutely. Thank Thank you. you.